Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Some of you may recognize our guest today, Abby Macau. Uh, she's been on a previous episode of Reinventing Nerds, episode six, in fact. Uh, and she has a very exciting story. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Abby has worked for Amazon for five years now, and she's a manager of small business partnerships. She develops and manages partnerships that help drive success for early stage entrepreneurs and small businesses through delivering programs and investments that support their continued growth. Abby is also a retired U.S. Navy chief and combat veteran, having served more than 20 years in the military. So welcome, Abby. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And just just to clarify, I've been at Amazon just over four years. Four, but, okay. Yeah, but it'll be five years before you know it. So Okay, okay. I was doing the math since like 2018, but maybe the, the months don't add up. Okay, well, that's still, I mean, in today's, length of time to stay at a company, you know, like people are switching around so much, especially recently. Uh, I think you have a great story to tell of staying put, but not really staying put, you know, you're not stagnant at Amazon. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing there for the last four plus years? I know it seems like so much time has passed because I think the last time I talked to you, I was still working at Intel Corporation. Yes. So yes. So I've been doing quite a bit. Uh, I've been remaining, remain focused on small businesses and entrepreneurs my entire time, but in various roles and in various organizations within Amazon. You already know Amazon is a massive corporation. So uh, I was first hired to uh, work on the global military affairs team in Amazon. And there wasn't really anyone driving any type of initiatives for military small business owners. So I was hired to really look at the landscape for military small business owners and determine where can Amazon help them if they do want to sell in our store or if they're looking at entrepreneurship as a form of employment. Uh, so from there, I piloted our, our military entrepreneurship program, and I was specifically focused on differentiated military brands and giving them educational opportunities and helping them learn how to sell in our store if they were interested, and then working very closely with our small business empowerment team to build a military family small business storefront on Amazon.com. So, you know, ultimately, I was really in the wrong org to make that program be what I envisioned it to be. Uh, because I wasn't working directly with sellers. I was within our worldwide ops talent acquisition org. So I transitioned out of that to another role at Amazon in our finance org, where I helped launch our supplier diversity program. And what has remained consistent in every role I've had at Amazon is working with not only small businesses and entrepreneurs, but also identifying and managing strategic partnerships. So within the supplier diversity team, it was brand new. We were still working on launching it. Um, I was really responsible for driving adoption of that program within the company as also, so increasing our diversity spend 
while also identifying partners that we should be working with to identify military, for example, certified businesses, women uh, certified businesses and things of that nature. So from there, I transitioned again to a different org, the org that I always wanted to be a part of, which is now our broader consumer org. Everything under consumer at Amazon is amazon.com, anything shopping related, it it all falls within our consumer org. So uh, I joined our small business empowerment team at the time to be uh, the single threaded leader of all of our small business partnerships. And then we got reorged again. So uh, now I'm within our seller external relations team, but I'm still very much focused on small business partnerships. So yeah, I've moved around a lot in four years at the company. And I know we're probably going to talk about that in this discussion, but overall you kind of create your own journey anywhere you go is, is definitely a mantra I have. So. Oh, good. Words of wisdom right there. But you know, one thing that also just stuck out at me as you were talking about this is so much work with strategic partnerships and working with people who are not just within the company, but outside as well. And our last guest uh, was talking about the ecosystem involved in digital transformation and all these companies. And you're like living it by creating this ecosystems of partners inside and outside the organization for your own career, as well as for the work itself. That's so interesting. Um, Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the, creating your own journey here at a very large company. Uh, Amazon is very large. Intel was too, right? I mean, when you work there, it still is, I suppose. But um, so how do you navigate through such a large company and create your journey? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Partnerships are critical in internal to the company as well because Mm -hmm. amazon is a tends to be a very flat company there's not a lot of bureaucracy there's not too much standardization so it's necessary to work with people across different teams identify people across different teams if you're trying to drive a goal forward or a program forward Mm -hmm. right so um i've really relied on networking substantially within the company um when I first came to Amazon, I didn't know anyone who was working with sellers. So what I did was I immediately started reaching out to veterans that I knew were that were working with sellers on our launchpad team. And from there, I started to build relationships. But it's absolutely critical to to form relationships across Amazon to successfully navigate it. And my second role that I transferred to actually occurred because the my colleague on that team was a person I had collaborated with in my first role at Amazon. And she actually put in to her manager that, hey, I've worked with Abby before. She's great to work with. She would be perfect for the role. And that really helped me get into the to the second role I had at Amazon. And then again, it all kind of is full circle at this point. The third role in small business empowerment, which is what I always wanted to do, um, I started collaborating with them in my very first role at Amazon when I was working with military small business owners. And because we had that long history of working together, it was a natural fit for me to move to that team. So it's really a matter of finding those people. And I believe a huge believer in being in the office. Uh, when I was based out of Seattle, 
I didn't really have anyone on my team that worked out of the office with me. And because of that, it forced me to meet people from other teams and network with other teams to have, because we were in the office together every single day. So I was able to build relationships across multiple teams just by being in the office and not having my own team with me. And people often let that stop them from being in the office. But I say, no, you should definitely look to, to network with other people outside of your team as much as possible. So you, you're saying that even in the office, even if you're like solo there all by yourself, you just walk around and run into people. I mean, because you must somehow, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting coffee, uh, walking by the offices or cubicles or whatever the desks and uh, striking up conversations with people on different teams. And that's actually how you network because they're not in your particular mm -hmm. group. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm, I have to sort of reiterate this because a lot of people come to me with how do I network? I'm terrible at networking. And you're giving some great tips. And I was just sort of taking note in my mind here of a couple things you said. Well, first of all, it's just being there in person, right? And, you know, there's actually like theory and psychology about proximity as being uh, something that's very important in developing relationships, right? Just being there. Um, but uh, another thing you mentioned was reaching out to people you know, who you've worked with, right? Uh, but also people who have common interest or background, like you said, the veterans is where you started. And so finding some way to reach out to people who uh, will take your call or your message and uh, have some kind of common interest is, is a really good idea, especially when you don't know anyone. So uh, your tips are just like really good for people who uh, aren't, you know, so uh, skilled at networking and are looking for ways to do it. Those are just three that, that came up at, it, at what you just said. Yeah, and one thing that has remained consistent through both my experience at Intel mm -hmm. and Amazon is being involved in affinity groups. Yeah. Because that's another touch point outside of your normal team. And I've served in leadership roles, you know, at, at Intel and on the board there for veterans. And I helped create our um, launch our affinity group here for mental health and well being and serve on the board for that. So just having like some type of, touch point outside of your normal role where you're, you know, maybe fostering a, a you know, more inclusive environment at the company is easily going to help build relationships as well. And you'll meet people outside of your, your team, like easily, you know, mm -hmm. and for example, our executive sponsor for our mental health and well-being group, he manages, he's on our S team, which is like uh, the most senior team you could, you could be under uh, Andy Jassy, but he has such a huge background in operations and most of his experience is in our fulfillment center, distribution centers, and really knowing that part of the business is critical as well, because it's not just the corporate Amazon that's, that matters. It's also our, our field employees too. It's not just, you know, one company, it feels very much like multiple companies at the end of the day. So, well, you know, that is interesting. That's actually something I want to ask you about. Cause I mean, you, you've talked to me in the past about it being like lots of different companies within one and, and uh, knowing the culture seems like a really important aspect of that. Like how things work at Amazon, it's different from other companies. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think, like one thing that's different at Amazon is because we are a very flat organization, mm -hmm. or at least we we move fast. We we are we're designed to be able to have autonomy at every level to be able to make decisions. Um, I, I think there's a lot of power in in that. So um, 
because there's a very little bureaucracy, it's easy to reach across different pay grades, different leadership roles, different organizations to make that connection. And what we typically do is we'll literally just send a meeting invite. We'll be like, oh, this person, I really want to collaborate with them. I see some synergy in working together with them. I'm going to set up a meeting and do like a, just like just to, just to get to know them, mm-hmm. get to know more about their role. And I, I think there's like never harm in asking, right? You always have to just make the ask. And to me, that's like critical to success, especially in the tech industry, because that was pretty consistent at Intel too. It was just going out and and, and st- scheduling the time with other people mm-hmm. and really getting to know what their role was and them getting to know who you what you did is super super beneficial so you find people who are open to that i mean that sounds like an important uh, aspect of the culture people actually will take the invitation and say yes uh, they're interested in making those connections across the organization yeah absolutely huh. no one will say no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's huge. That, yeah. that really is huge. Uh, you know, I think that's that's an important little lesson, too, in terms of networking, in terms of being open to those kind of invitations if you want to make connections rather than just uh, initiating them, but also being open to receiving them. Uh, another thing that uh, sounds like really important is sort of being flexible uh, to work in all the different types of jobs and with the different types of organizations across, uh, uh, I guess, small organizations across the big organization. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm wondering how you've managed to just take care of yourself to create that flexibility within you to shift as things change. Like you said, you went through three, four different iterations already at Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to say how many managers (laughs) I've had. Um, Honestly, that's what keeps me at Amazon is Mm. the fact that it's never boring. And in the military, you kind of got used to a defined process every day, a a defined way of doing things, a set structure. And we never really went out of that or wandered out of that. And what I like about Amazon is it always challenges you. And I'm never, every day is so different for me. And I like the unpredictability. I like the fact that I can innovate and create in my role. To me, that's super important. Um, but it's it's never consistent. And that's what keeps me here. And I, I agree with you because like, I have taken very different roles where I didn't necessarily have that experience in the military, but people saw the potential in me to be able to lead that type of work. And I think that it's critical to always learn and be curious. That's one of our leadership principles that I resonate mm-hmm. with one of the most probably is learn and be curious because once you get out of your comfort zone, it's not only benefiting you professionally, it's also benefiting the company because you become much more marketable by saying, yeah, I've worked in program management. I've worked in business development. I've worked in, you know, contract negotiations and finance. And to have like a, a varied skill set like that is is lucrative to almost any manager out there. And it just makes you more marketable too as an Amazonian and even outside of the company as well, if you're looking for roles outside of the company. Well, that's huge. I mean, because that's not something that would, I think, be immediately obvious to somebody saying, oh, well, somebody's worked for this big company for many years now. That sounds like they just sort of stuck and they don't really know how to uh, be flexible and nimble and and do a lot of different things. But you're saying, no, it's quite the opposite. In fact, it's the the large company has all these different 
uh, opportunities for you to be able to flex and move and have exciting work all the time because it's not just the same old thing. And that's not, not true at every large company, but Amazon seems to offer that. Yes, absolutely. And you could, if like you want to learn the, the cloud, maybe there's a role in AWS. Mm -hmm. You want to, you know, work directly with sellers. Maybe you can be mm -hmm. an account manager, but there, there's so many opportunities at the company. It's that's mm -hmm. kind of what keeps me here, honestly. Yeah. So. Oh, no, that's great. And there's also some stability there too, in terms of probably your benefits and, you know, all that, you know, just staying at the same larger organization, but finding uh, smaller uh, opportunities within that, you know, with smaller, I guess you would say um, business units or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you sort of touched on managers. I'm not going to ask you to throw anyone under the bus, but you know, in terms of finding a good manager, you know, what would be some tips that you have there since you've seemed like you are able to do that? Yeah. Ooh. I do think you learn more from your, your terrible managers <laughs> than your good managers. Yeah. I, I, de <laughs> I, I definitely learned that in the Navy too. Um, mm -hmm. I have learned that direct and honest feedback to your manager is probably the most helpful thing you can give them. Mm -hmm. They may not always be open to it, but let's face it, they're going to give me feedback on me. So I'm going to give feedback on them. And if there's something that's just not sitting well with me where I'm like, hey, I didn't really like that how you address that in the meeting the other day or something like that, then I'm going to honestly state that. And, and it gives them the opportunity to take a mental note and say, okay, going forward, I know not to do that in the meeting because it, you know, Abby didn't, you know, that didn't sit well with Abby, right? Mm -hmm. Or something of that nature. But I, I honestly find like giving them the, the most direct, honest feedback is the most beneficial. I'm not the type of person to ever be around a bush, period. But I find that managers have always been very direct to me here at Amazon. So why can't I also be direct mm -hmm. with them? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, that seems important, but then sort of finding again, the manager who's open to that and one who isn't probably isn't a, a, an ideal person to work for uh, in general. Um, yeah. Managers who have somewhat of a servant uh, leadership approach want to uh, serve their, their team. Um, what else, what else do you look for yeah, in a good manager? I would say too, if you know that manager is just not going to be a good manager for you, that's not going to give you those growth opportunities that you're looking mm -hmm. for, um, which is super critical, then you need to look for another way to another role at the company with a different manager. So a lot of the, a lot of the roles, cause I've done a lot of interviewing across the company to really land on a role that I felt was a good fit for me. Um, you kind of get a, a sense in that, in those one-on-one -on -one discussions, like, is this a manager I could see myself working with, um, would they be a champion for my growth? Would they give me the opportunity to continue to excel in this role? Um, you know, expressing what your goals are to them. And if they're not the right fit, then you move on to a different opportunity. But I, it's important not to stay in that in that role if your manager's not going to be, you know, fighting on your behalf. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, I, I love it too that you have found a way uh, to stay within the company rather than just giving up entirely because one of the number one reasons people quit, right, is because of their manager. And by having this opportunity at Amazon, a large company that has lots of opportunities for moving around, uh, you can actually find a better fit uh, without having to quit and go to a whole new place. And I think that's that's important to think about too for for people who are thinking about navigating their careers, you know, but 
also realizing that even in a smaller company, you could probably find a different uh, place to work or person to work with rather than just quitting altogether and giving up mm -hmm. because of one person who's, who's not the right fit for you. But sometimes it's also not your choice, right? I mean, sometimes managers come and go and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you had a manager who was a great fit and then all of a sudden the next one isn't. And then uh, that networking probably comes in handy to to make a shift, huh? I'm guessing. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that ha that's happened to me before at Amazon as well, where, mm -hmm. you know, that, that change in management was just obviously out of my control. And mm -hmm. I would say I've become pretty flexible in that sense, but mm -hmm. mo nine times out of 10, I can usually come to a compromise with my manager. And yeah, if it's not possible to come to that compromise, then that's when you look for another a role outside of with a different manager. So we'll see now that is really interesting too. compromise, which is not a word to hear very often these days. People are kind of like uh, my way or the highway lately, you know, and uh, figuring out how to compromise uh, it's really important. Do you have any tips on that one? Yeah, because at the end of the day, you kind of need to know your worth, right? And mm -hmm. once, I'll be quite frank, like tenure at Amazon is gold. Most people mm -hmm. leave the company in less than two years of employment wow. at Amazon. So uh, once you've gained that tenure, people know just by looking at your tenure that you clearly know how to navigate the company. You yeah. clearly know how to excel within the company. So that almost gives you a little bit of negotiating power in a way. Right. So usually you can always come to, I'm a definitely a believer in compromise because I have a huge negotiation background. Mm -hmm. um, you can always come to a, a compromise and you have to be open to feedback period, uh, mm -hmm. both as a manager and as a, and as a direct report. Right. So um, I'll take the feedback and we do peer feedback every year at Amazon uh, in our performance cycle, but you know, I'll listen to the feedback and I'll be like, okay, I can see how you would see it that way. But again, you have to be open to the feedback, but you can usually almost always come to a compromise yeah. and say, these are things how I saw from my perspective. And, you know, based on my experience, based on this data, I believe we should do this instead of this. And as long as you're making these informed decisions, people will typically you know, see things from your perspective. So, yeah, but I also love it that you're seeing other people's perspectives. That's just key. I mean, Absolutely. that's something that, yeah, we talk about empathy. I mean, often people think of that in terms of like emotions, but also empathy is just like other people's perspectives in general. That's really the, the broader uh, meaning of, of the word. And in negotiating, being able to see what somebody, how somebody saw something, uh, what their needs are, that might be different from uh, your perspective or what your needs are as a way to help meet both sides or meet somewhere in the middle. But it's also a way just to work through conflicts that you might have and realize that that people see the same situation in a different way. So um, I want to ask you one more thing here that um, I think is really important. Um, you know, working in a tech company, right? Big tech uh, as a woman, you know, have you had any different challenges, do you think, than men have coming into the company or in, in a large tech company in general? Mm -hmm. Yes, I had challenges at Intel and I also had challenges mm -hmm. at, at Amazon and I also had challenges in the Navy, right? I, I, I'm so grateful the Navy really opened up my eyes to see like, hey, this my male colleague is taking credit for my work. I'm outperforming my male colleague and getting less of the recognition. Wow. And mm -hmm. 
I experienced it so much in the military that I kind of got used to it almost in a way. But when I transitioned to the private sector, you know, I had this assumption that, okay, this is the private sector. People don't do that kind of stuff that no one could ever get away with doing that kind of thing in the private sector. But, oh yeah, they def- They definitely keep doing that in the private sector too, mm-hmm. where you, you definitely have to fight sometimes to say, please don't speak on, on my scope or on my behalf. And, you know, please don't take credit for my work. And I've had to have those very uncomfortable discussions where I'm like, you know, this is my program that I'm responsible for. I should be participating in the discussion. I've I've had to fight for a seat at the table multiple times Mm -hmm. where, you know, due to pay grade structure and things like that, I'm not a part of the discussion. And, but yet it's, if it's a discussion surrounding my scope, I definitely should be a part of the discussion. So I've had to have conversations like that multiple times. And I haven't had to be quite transparent too many female managers at, at either company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Amazon is making a focused effort on continuing to, you know, obviously promote women. Um, but the majority of all of my managers have always, always been male so mm-hmm. uh very i think only one of my maybe two of my managers were female so interesting and um have you found other women to connect with to network and uh, have some solidarity or, or yes. change ideas i mean i'm just <laughs> curious I mean, yeah yeah we have the uh when i was working in the finance org we had the women in finance um group which was super super helpful and uh, we also have the women at Amazon group too. But mm-hmm. yes, I always I always find female colleagues who are in the same pay grade as me going through the same, you know, similar situations as myself to to just have a, some place to vent and some place to say, it's not just me, this isn't okay. What, you know, do you have any tips and tricks on how to navigate this situation and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's very, very important to have that s- support network that you mm-hmm basically identify yourself mm-hmm. so so have you found that in, in in this situation that some of the people who let's say are male right uh, or are uh, perhaps at least inadvertently or not consciously trying to uh do something against women and having them to become more aware of how that is perceived mm-hmm. so how would you sort of broach that topic with somebody Yeah, I think the first thing is to not jump to assumptions and Mm -hmm. to just give them the benefit of the doubt, which I've had to learn over time myself, um, Mm -hmm. to know that this is almost a learned behavior. It's not an inherent behavior. It's almost a learned behavior. Um, and And to know that maybe they didn't intend to do that, or maybe they didn't realize what the effects of their, what they said or what they did had had on me. So it's really just making them aware that, hey, I'm not comfortable with this and, you know, making them having those, again, those uncomfortable discussions. But again, if you, if you have that conversation nine times out of 10, they're very open to the feedback. Mm -hmm. And I've had great managers in Amazon too, where they are champions on my behalf. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're my, one of my managers in the finance org, he was fantastic. He was also a fellow veteran. He would let me speak on my scope across the entire org. And he Mm -hmm. wouldn't speak for my program on my behalf. He would let me do it. And he would give me those opportunities to, to be more visible in the org and, and to take on more scope. And, and that's a, you want to, you want a manager who's a gardener, 
not a gatekeeper. And okay. he was definitely a gardener. So. Okay. Gardener. And so the rest of that would be, you know, nur nurturing the, mm -hmm. the team members. Yes. Instead of uh, closing it off. Okay. Um, yeah. And it also just sounds like, you know, your way of, uh, uh, you know, not making assumptions or uh, assuming that uh, people have best intentions and, mm -hmm. and going in with that uh, and having that conversation with somebody is a good way to also like lower the guard there and, and give somebody some feedback in a way that perhaps they didn't even have any idea what they were doing uh, and making them aware of how their behavior, uh, what the impact of that is, you know, and then uh, giving them the opportunity to make a shift, right? And that's that's their decision, right? Um, interesting. Well, um, how can people reach you if they want to find out more about you, your work, your work with veterans, work with Amazon or whatever? What's the best way for people to reach out? Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, so I definitely recommend people connect with me on LinkedIn. You can just find me as, as Abby Melko. Um, but yeah, feel free to connect with me on, on LinkedIn. So. Excellent. Excellent. And if uh, there's any parting words that you want to give for advice for people navigating through their careers. Mm. Network, 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 and okay. always learn and be curious. Wow. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being a guest on Reinventing Nerds, Abby. This has been really interesting. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all our viewers and listeners. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you next time at ReinventingNerds.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.